Have a great dinner and Florida's best craft beer at your local Big Storm Brewery Tap Room. Big Storm Beer is Florida's best craft beer. Odessa, Clearwater, just south of Ulmerton Road on 49th Street, in Orlando at the Amway Center and in Cape Coral. Those are the tap rooms. Find them all and look at all the great beers at BigStormBrewery.com. Grab a Bromosa and have a great day. This is very awkward. I mean, this is beyond awkward. It's got a chance to be a stinker. I'm sitting in the front row. I'm getting my popcorn, extra butter. Those are the facts. Bucks fans, here he is, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the baron of big storm beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the custodian of Canton, Ohio. Ira Kaufman, Mr. Bill Curry Ford, which I said twice there, Ira, just in case you weren't paying attention. He's the sage. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeCamper of JoeBucksFan is here. This is the Ira Kaufman podcast, all the fun. It's at Bill Curry Ford, and it's right here. Bill Curry Ford, Ira, Sean Sullivan, still giving away a $500 gift card just for ordering a new vehicle, no deposit required, none. And they've got 0% financing offers flowing again and so many other specials at BillCurryFord.com. BillCurryFord.com. The construction is really coming along. They are just on track and it's looking good. But who cares about construction, right? You care about deals on a vehicle and the nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles that you find at Bill Curry Ford. You can get all the info at BillCurryFord.com. And Sean's podcast, Ira, which I know you listen to every word, the best-in-class podcast. Uh, he's in his wheelhouse now because you during the season, regular season, he talks some bucks, sometimes goes off the rails a little bit, but talks some bucks and uh, <laughs> looks at rookies and their performances around the league. You know, all the guys in, you follow in the draft and then they disappear. They never disappear for Sean. So he's looking at young players. Now he's knee-deep. So a new episode popped on Wednesday uh, diving into uh, 15 Shrine Game prospects that Sean's very passionate about and a really good listen uh, to get you up to speed to watch the game. And uh, he'll be doing his uh, Senior Bowl preview coming up uh, later this week, I believe. So always exciting times uh, here on the Ira Kaufman podcast and at JoeBucksFan.com. You could subscribe to Ira's podcast at uh, various platforms and uh, leave us a good review. You know what? I, I haven't called for reviews in a long time, Ira. But at Apple Podcasts, uh, people can type in their review and you know, let, let's get a new one in there. Let's uh, freshen up the sage and pump them up a little bit. Ira, do you need some pump up? Well, I don't need any pump up, and neither does Bill Curry Ford, because I am reporting, uh, Steve, today that from Cleveland, uh, where my son uh, speaks eloquently from Palmer, Ohio, he is uh, very pleased, no complaints, about uh, his dealings with Bill Curry Ford when he purchased a pre owned 150. A couple of months ago, and then drove it up to Ohio, and he's had it for a couple of months and said it's fantastic. So, you know, I got people in Ohio coming down to visit Sean Sullivan, uh, not just to talk bucks, but to get into those vehicles with those great deals they're, they're doing. All right, Sage, and uh, rest assured, uh, your son is a Kaufman, so if he didn't like what was going on, he'd pick up that phone right away and say, hey, I'm getting screwed over here, and I've, I drove a thousand miles to get there. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> The Bucks need an offensive coordinator, which we've talked plenty about. And now we've got candidates. Maybe they're smoke screens, maybe they're not. But we've got names out there. Uh, let me drop uh, drop them on you real quick, Ira, because everybody wants your quick opinion, uh, your quick take. Yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you want to do. Uh, but I'll just spit them out here, Ira. The Bucks wanted to talk to Pep Hamilton, who was with Lovey Smith. 
uh, this past year. Uh, they had a good running attack with the rookie down there, and he's got experience with uh, Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Uh, taking over for Bruce Arians, not the easiest job in the world. Put up a good offense there, good passing offense. He's versatile, but he said no, no thanks. Keenan McCardell, never been an offensive coordinator, but has been coaching for a while. Obviously, longtime Bucks fans know who he is. Former Bucks receiver, a guy who won't be a Hall of Famer, but has some Hall of Fame numbers. Uh, he'd been a receivers coach with the Vikings and other teams, Jacksonville. Uh, there's Clint Kubiak, son of uh, Gary Kubiak, called some plays for the Broncos this year after they fired Nathaniel Hackett. He's been working in uh, Denver as well as, you know, he's had other jobs. Uh, and then uh, Jim Bob Cooter, who used to call uh, plays for the Lions about four years ago, I think it's been since he was in that role. And uh, he's been part of that revival in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson, passing game coordinator. And then uh, lastly, Ira, another name pops for a potential offensive coordinator, younger guy with the Eagles, Kevin Petullo, who's been an offensive assistant there and uh, was Todd Bowles quarterback coach with the Jets responsible for what i'm not sure but he was todd bull's quarterback coach so do you like any of these names ira at all and of course we've got bill o'brien who is signed and gone with the patriots well i can speak personally uh, about one of the candidates and that's keenan mccardle i got to know him pretty well of course he was on the o2 championship team made some big big catches in big big games for the bucks down the stretch from what I can see, the guy's a fantastic communicator. He's uh, always upbeat. He's always positive. Uh, I don't think the job would be too big for him, even though uh, he'd be stepping up in class. He obviously has uh, a relationship uh, with the Glazers. That never hurts. I think McCardle is worth a shot. But, Lee, pulling back a little bit, this is very awkward. I mean, this is beyond awkward. We don't know who the quarterback is. So... How are you going to attract the best of the best? Maybe there's a couple of guys that Bowles really wants that really aren't interested until they can find out who's under center. Would you blame them? You know, that might be the first criteria that people are uh, are asking about when they come in for an interview. you asking them questions. Well, they got a question for you. Who am I going to be working with? And what can Todd Bowles tell these people at this point, Lee? So... I know Brady didn't, uh, you know, apparently didn't like the question the other night from uh, Jim Gray. Let's get into that for a minute a little later, because uh, I think the whole thing was a sham. But that shows a sham. When is Brady going to make a decision, Lee? I mean, is he going to wait till March? You got to remember, Ira, you know, and you said it perfectly. We don't know who the quarterback is, meaning the public. Yes. We don't know. Uh, guys that won buck, they may know. Now, I can't remember who did it. It was last night I read it. Allegedly, whoever it was claimed that the Bucks are going to be, quote-unquote, aggressive in acquiring a veteran quarterback if Brady leaves or retires. And if you think about it, everybody with influence on who to draft as far as offensively the last couple of years is totally out of the picture now you know leftwich christensen arians may have all been on kyle Trask guys well they're all gone so bulls likely knows he's on the hot seat i know the fans he surely is on the hot seat with the fans holy cow i've never seen a coach in his first year make the playoffs i know i know losing season he did make the playoffs that did happen 
I've never seen a coach that made the playoffs his first year, and people are screaming, when's he going to get fired? Why is he still here? It's blowing my mind, man. He is not a popular man in Tampa Bay, so he's got to be on the hot seat, you figure. Does he want to go with Trask, even though the Glazers may want to tank for Caleb Williams? I mean, he won't be on board with that, because if they lose, he's probably gone. So I don't think he wants anything to do with Trask. He probably wants to get a veteran in here that knows how to win, or at least compete. The whole dynamic of this is just, it changes by the day. It's so interesting. Well, you made a lot of good points in that 90 seconds, but you didn't mention somebody's name. You didn't mention the guy who's supposed to run football operations, and that's Jason Life. Steve, of course, of course Todd Bowles knows that he's uh, in a tenuous position. He just went below 500 with Tom Brady. Of course he wants Derek Carr or, or Garoppolo or, or, you know, Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Of course, what head coach wouldn't prefer that over Kyle Trask? But who's calling the shots? The Glazers and Jason Light. And again, I'll say it again, Steve. These talks that are going on as we speak, they have to be brutally honest. And I don't care if somebody's feelings get hurt or not. Jason Light Light drafted Kyle Trask. He he might want to give Kyle Trask a chance. Otherwise, he's basically admitting we blew a second-round pick. Wouldn't be the first he ever did. And his last year's draft wasn't very good as of this podcast. So, Steve, I don't don't think you can leave it totally up to Todd Bowles about what direction this franchise is going. That's why you got a general manager who's supposed to take take the long-range view and put things in context. We'll see who wins this battle. There might be a battle between Light and uh, and Bulls. Well, here's a beautiful exit ramp for this this uh, subject, Ira. If you want to, maybe maybe it's a merging ramp. Uh, this Patel, the Patula, the guy with the Eagles. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's a he's a Chan Gailey disciple. And if that if that doesn't give you shivers, nothing will. <laughs> anyway, this last you know the last couple of years, he's with uh, Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is using kind of a, a Lincoln Riley offense to help out Jalen Hurts, and it's worked. Guess who else quarterbacks for Lincoln Riley? Young man by the name of Caleb Williams. This guy knows that offense. It's just the delicious, delicious checkers are adding up here, or maybe uh, Lee, Lee, you got you got Caleb Williams on your mind, and he's never far from your thoughts, Lee. If you ever saw him play, he'd be on your mind too. Hey, Sage, I got a couple of questions uh, because it's something that we're going to be talking about for many weeks now. Maybe not, I guess, if Tom Brady uh, decides he wants to come back or some clarity comes from one buck. But Lee brought up the subject. The the subject of tanking, I need some clarification on tanking, Ira, because tanking, there's no guarantee of tanking, right? You have to be really good at it uh, because you you can't tank and fail. That's really what we just watched in the NFC South. This year, we saw you come out of the owners meetings and say, I think the Falcons are tanking for a quarterback. They won They won seven games. We watched Carolina literally try to tank and fail and they won seven games. Uh, so you got to be good at tanking. And there's always teams that are other teams that may be trying to do it. And it's not so easy in the NFC South necessarily when you compare it to well, it's, it's true but when you compare it to where the but stand up today. When you compare it to where the Bucks were in 2014, that was an easy tank job. Hey, they lost all their division games. No problem. Let's bring in a career loser quarterback. But other teams have that career loser quarterback now. 
So if you have the mindset with the Bucks, right, if they believe they want to tank for a quarterback, well, I don't understand. Why don't – if you think C.J. Stroud is a good quarterback, a competent and strong NFL starter like a lot of people do, a legit yeah, top 10 pick in the NFL draft, why don't you just go for him right now? Trade off Devin White and get a get some draft capital. Trade off other people, get draft capital, and go get him right now. Why would you possibly wait to do something like that? I can answer that all that I ever do. That's, that's, that's uh, a no-brainer. I'll go first. I'm not convinced they think that way about C.J. Stroud. My information uh, from the Buck Brain Trust is they don't think this is a, uh, quote, quarterback-rich draft. It might be one quarterback deep. And I'm not sure who that quarterback is, and I'm not sure it's C.J. Stroud. Steve, if they are such so convinced, you know, go do what you got to do. But, Lee, it goes directly to uh, my main point, and I'm not getting off it. One day, Lee, and I hope it's within my lifetime, Lee. <laughs> I know where you're going. They will draft and develop a quarterback where they will be able to sustain, not win a championship every year, but be in the hunt for a championship every year like these other teams and it's not easy to get one Lee it's not no you know and you got to find them sometimes you find a guy that other people are uh, aren't as enamored with but you hit on them it doesn't always have to be the first pick in the draft but you got to find that guy Lee Lee it's hard, hard for me to even say it 46 47 years of football right here in big Tampa they've never done it they've never drafted and developed the right guy. Hard to believe, Lee. Hard to believe. It is hard to believe. But the more you think about it, you know, the Bears, how long have they been trying? No, I don't want to be compared to the Bears, Lee. I don't want to be. <laughs> and I was going to say, the Lions are another team. However, to answer Steve's question, you know, why would you tank when you could trade up and maybe get C.J. Stroud? Well, you, that, there's your answer. You don't have to trade up if you tank. You save two or three first-round picks that you could use in other positions to build back up your team. That's number one. Number two, you can tank and fail and still win if you tank this year. If you do not tank enough to get Caleb Williams, there's Drake May sitting out there, maybe with the third or fourth pick overall. Doesn't mean you get him, though. Well, let's put it this way. If you got to trade up one spot... Or trade up 10 spots, you compare the price. And Steve, we also have to acknowledge there's a chance, and I'm not going to put a percentage on it, Lee, and neither are you. There's a chance Pal Trask ends up being pretty good. There's, there's a chance. There's, there's a always chance. that chance. I just think, with uh, even though Light may not like it, I think with Bowles, like, he's probably pounding the table. I'm not going to go with Kyle Trask. He may even pick Gabbert over Trask. Whoa. Whoa. Well, they well, isn't saying a whole lot, but you know, they have not exactly shocking news. Yeah, Ira, they absolutely could be pretty good with Kyle Trask. I mean, look at the NFC title game this weekend. We've got a second round pick of a quarterback, and we've got a uh, a, a seventh rounder. That's just reality. You, however, you want to spin it. And if Jimmy Garoppolo was still there, what was he? A second rounder at the end of the second round, like Trask. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you can't write it off. It's too easy to do that. I know what you're saying, Steve. Uh, I just believe, you know, I, I want a team that's going to be in the hunt for seven, eight, ten years because then they're going to win it a couple of times. The Bengals are going to win it a couple of times with Joe Burrow. And, and by the way, there's every once in a while you'll get someone like, 
oh, that's a loser mentality tank. Uh, okay, he thinks Cincinnati wants to unload Joe Burrow? Steve, when you don't have one of those guys, unless you've got a defense like the 49ers or uh, you, you have such an awesome roster like the Eagles, which they do, they're so deep on both sides of the ball, right, Lee? Their lines, their trenches are excellent. They got Nadamakam Sue, uh, Steve, playing 15 snaps. He's a plug-and-play guy. Sage, uh, Sage, Sage. To, Steve and I are trying to keep listeners, Ira. Don't mention Sue. You're going to get people. <laughs> uh, Ira, Ira, you know what? I was thinking about it uh, this week. I, I think uh, you will do a great job presenting Nadamakam Sue for the Hall of Fame in five or six years. I <laughs> I mean, uh, he spent three years here, won a Super Bowl. I think it's a natural, but I just you want know, to. I, I think he should be in a conversation, Lee. I don't think you can dismiss the guy. I, I agree. Don't. I, I, I think agree. he's a slam dunk finalist. It might take him a bunch of years, but he's a slam dunk finalist for sure. I mean, the numbers and the durability, he checks all the boxes. But Sage, what you left out is having the right coach. And this comes back to the offensive coordinator situation and just coach in general. Look at Bruce Arians, guy we know well. What did he do? He got to Arizona and said, uh, you know what? Carson Palmer's got talent, and I, I can work with that. Bring him over here. I don't care that he just had three, four win seasons in a row and it is throwing the ball away. Bring him over here. And look what they did. He was an MVP candidate. He brought him to the Pro Bowl. You know, He won a ton of games. He's in the ring of honor in uh, Arizona. You need the right coach above anything else, in my opinion. But they, uh, Steve, they couldn't sustain in Arizona, his last two years weren't very good. Arian was brittle, right? He, he, you know, no, Aaron, Aaron's last two years weren't very good. Because and, Carson Palmer was brittle, that's what I mean. Yeah. They're going to break down, Steve, that 36, 37, 38, they're going to break down, uh, unless they're Tom Brady. Steve, believe me, if you get one of those guys, th- this town would be on fire for, for the next decade. Sure, if he's any good. And then it's you're still looking at a 50-50 shot. It's the age-old... Uh, situation with building a team i mean the teams that get those uh great quarterbacks they are what everybody wants to be yeah steve to your point about coaching look at jacksonville lee um we we didn't uh we didn't know if lawrence was a was a keeper or not uh until peterson showed up i mean you know urban meyer he he could uh, he could mess up a wet dream uh you you know what you were saying that because this year's playoffs proves how grossly overrated Urban Meyer was as a coach. Not as a recruiter, but as a coach. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ira, or not, but when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, he had a quarterback by the name of Joe Burrow. He couldn't start for Urban Meyer. He goes to LSU, they immediately turn things around, become a national champion, and the rest is history, as they say. Lee, I called it right away. When they hired Urban Meyer, I said, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Besides Keenan McCardell, do any of those names excite you? And I think a lot of fans might have been a little surprised when you said, hey, I, I think this guy can handle it, and he's this and that, I know him and all that. Do you think the Bucks would dare go with a guy like that without going with a veteran at the same time, right? Because how do you go with a brand-new offensive coordinator, never called plays before, never developed a quarterback, and then have a rookie young quarterback in there? It's almost stupid. Well, it's all whatever the grand plan is. And, Lee, you're never going to hear anybody. You're never going to hear light. You're never going to hear bowls. You'll never hear a glazer. Well, you don't hear from a glazer anyway, rightly. But, Lee, nobody from your organization, if, if they are tanking, are, is going to use that word. Oh, Lee, no. Heck no, they're not going to admit it. No way. You're not going to hear it because that's, uh, you know, it's taboo. Steve, you bring McCardle in, you try Trask, and if you go 4-13, and 13, 
you know, you take a beating at the turnstile for that season, but then you go and get get you get your guy. Go get your guy. I don't think that's the worst idea I've ever heard. I, I just don't. Like I find very enticing about McCardle. He spent time with the Redskins under Mike Shanahan, and you look at that staff. It's unreal. Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike right. McDaniel. Almost everybody on the offensive staff is now a successful head coach in the NFL, if not a Super Bowl winner, like McVay. And obviously Kyle Shanahan, everybody brags about him. And McCardle's on that staff. And just based on that, I would love to see this guy as an offensive coordinator. I would love it. But, if, you know, if Bowles, if this report is true, that the Bucks are aggressively seeking a veteran quarterback and, and Bowles being potentially on the hot seat, it would surprise me if they got a guy who's never called plays before. I agree, Lee. I think it depends on uh, what their plan is at quarterback. Steve, let's be honest here. I mean, let's stop beating around the bush. Don't they already know that Grady's not coming back, Steve? Don't, don't they know that? Ira, first of all, I'm always honest on this podcast. Second of all, who's beating around the bush? What the hell are you talking about? I, I don't think they know because it's his Tom Brady. I believe that Brady doesn't have all his options on the table. Do you really believe that every option right now as we speak, potential option for Tom Brady is on his table? I think he's already made a decision about whether he's coming back to the Bucks. Lee, am I wrong? I, I don't know that. I, I, I think he's probably made the decision whether he's going to play or not. Where, I don't know. I'm guessing he knows whether he's going to play or not. And now, it is, who is he going to play for? What are they going to pay him? And then I think he's going to decide, do I want to put up with that or not? Sage, I'll answer it this way. I don't think he knows whether he's coming back to the Bucks or not, because I don't think the Bucks have yet presented him with their best and final offer, which includes, Tom, here's, how, here's what we're going to do with the offense. You know, I don't think they know for sure, but I think Brady would want to know, obviously, who are we drafting? Who are we signing in free agency? What are we adding to this offense? I think he'd want to know all those things, and I don't know if that conversation has taken place yet, because Tom Brady's human, and Tom Brady has said, I think one of the few times that he wasn't full of crap, and I know you want to get to the Jim Gray stuff, Brady has said many times, Ira, that he legitimately believes it takes three to five years to develop the appropriate and elite chemistry with receivers. He's said that many times, many different years. He believes that. So, I mean, if they come to Brady and say, you know what, we're going to screw Todd, we're going to gut some of this defense, and we're going to let these guys walk, and we are going to fix the offensive line, Jensen's coming back, and we're going to get this tight end, and we're going to draft this monster of a running back, and we're going to have a hell of an offense. I don't know if Tom Brady could be enticed by that. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Lee, how do you know who's going to be available at number 19? How do you know? How do you tell Brady this is who we're going to draft in three months? We don't know who's there. So it could be a surprise guy that's there that you don't even plan on. I think Brady's made a decision uh, about the Bucks. I agree. All his options are not open on the table. All, all the signs point to uh, Brady playing somewhere else. All, all the signs. And Steve, do any of those any of those names that offensive coordinator going to get Tom Brady excited at, at this point? I still don't believe that they've put their final and best offer 
what, what, are they to, wait, what are they waiting for? Is Vince, what are they waiting for? Well, they got to know what coordinator they can have, and they got to know they have to make decisions on defensive players and salaries and all that, and who they're going to keep and say, Tom, this is option Brady. This is what we will do if you want to come back. I mean, maybe they don't have that all finalized with the coaches yet as far as uh, who they'd have to release or not really not necessarily release but get rid of trade whatever in order to accommodate him i don't know ira i mean it's only january 25th it's hard to say lee they got a lot of work to do lee i mean they got to get a tight end they got to get a third receiver they need help on the offensive line uh the running the running back situation doesn't look very promising we don't know what's going on with fournette White's been okay. It's not great. A lot of questions on that on that side of the ball, Lee, which is natural. Well, when you average eighteen points, well, we don't know how much left was dragged everything down. We don't know if they actually do need a running back. We don't know if they do need a third receiver. But they need a third receiver and stay on the freaking field. People get bent at me claiming that Gage had no impact. He had no impact. Deal with it. The Bucks didn't give him ten million dollars to sit in the whirlpool, get on the field. Uh, and if you can't, okay, that's fine. They need a third, they need a reliable third receiver. But you know what? And, I, and I'm sorry, I don't even know his name. The guy that's uh, at Minnesota, or was at Minnesota, worked with uh, that grump, Mike Zimmer. Yeah. If he had designed plays to get Justin Jefferson open, who's double-teamed damn near every play, if he can do that, I trust he can find a way to get Godwin open, get Evans open, and maybe gasp, get Gage open. I think a lot of Vikings fans fans would say Jefferson isn't open. He just catches it. <laughs> he catches it anyway. He's that good, true. Yeah. Sage, when it comes to play calling for a disaster, it's easy. You call Florida's Elite Restoration immediately. Florida's Elite Restoration dot com. That's your move. And you call them twenty four seven. They will respond. They'll come to your property and assess the damage: storm damage, flood, fire, mold. Flooding is awful. Whatever it might be, they're going to take a look at it, tell you what needs to be done. And if you move forward, uh, they're going to work with your insurance company. Josh Martin, owner of Florida's Elite Restoration, 14 years. He was an adjuster on the other side. So he knows the ins and outs, how to make sure you don't get ripped off, and how, more important, you get everything fixed right. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Ira Kaufman listeners, Joe Bucks fan readers, you just mention Ira or Joe Bucks fan when you call them. And if you eventually need their service and reach an agreement to go forward with a repair, they will give you $500 back. Maybe that's cash for your deductible or just money back. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Get it in your favorites now. Get it in your phone. Then you know what to do when that disaster strikes and you've got someone in your corner. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. All right, Sage. Just want to bring this up, Ira. You've got uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Sean King. There are others as well, including Tiki Barber, those three. In That's the, an unholy trio, Lusty. They are of the mind that Brady's uh, pretty much shot. As Tiki Barber said, why would you run that back? And you know who Tiki Barber talks to. He talks to Rondé Barber, who's a true insider with the Bucks. And Barber actually spoke. It wasn't something that I brought up yet, but I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. Barber said uh, he believes the Bucks would look for the to the draft in 2023. For a quarterback, and um, he said Kyle Trask, you know, he thinks he could be a capable starter, but he wouldn't be surprised if they look to the draft. So, do you think Brady's shot, and uh, and that and that mindset is at one buck that they do believe he's shot, but they would take him anyway. 
it's tough to turn him down. I think if he wanted to come back late, I think they'd bring him back. I agree with that. And there's ancillary benefits that that you talk about all the time, and they're real uh, of having Brady around in terms of relevance. But Lee, we money, money. But Lee, uh, you know, the eye test tells us Lee that at times he, he looked 45 last year. He's never wanted to get hit, but I never thought it was as pronounced uh, as last year. I didn't think he moved within the pocket. You know, he was very good at those little moves, those little subtle moves that avoids pressure. I, I didn't see as much of that last year. He is a statue, no question about it. Lee, I threw it out there on this podcast. I, I almost knocked you over. You almost dropped your phone. I, I suggested. I, I'm not sure if I was running the Buck organization and Brady wanted to come back. I'm, I'm not sure I wouldn't say uh, we're moving on. I know that's not a popular view, and I know I'm, I'm probably in the minority. I know I am uh, of Buck Nation. And, uh, you know, saying no to Brady, even if he wants to come back. I can't, I just could not imagine. Glazer. I know, but Lee, I'm just, I'm just thinking from a football standpoint. I'm not thinking from getting primetime games. I'm just thinking about wins and losses. I don't see him competing for a championship with, with Brady next year. I just don't see it. I don't see it. If you put it in a football vacuum, you're strictly looking for on the field. You might be right. Like I say, we don't know how much left would you drag down this team. We really don't. But we can't look at it in a vacuum because that's irresponsible. And I get to see the Glazers sitting around in one of their favorite lounges drinking uh, drinking uh, Blue Goose. And one of their accountants come in and they say, uh, if Tom Brady doesn't play, gentlemen, we're looking at a 50, $550 million deficit. They'll spit up the vodka through their nose when they hear that. But, Lee, uh, Lee Buck fans don't care. There's no but. Lee, Buck, Buck fans, fans don't Buck care, fans don't but, care. you know, okay. If we're going to do that, we've got to forget about a salary cap. Salary cap doesn't exist. We've got to forget about draft picks. I want Caleb Williams. Okay, come here. You know, if we're going to play that game, then we can't think of anything else. you got to look at the big picture. You can't just look at it in a, in a vacuum. We don't, we, don't, we don't play in fantasy land here. Sage, uh, do you think we're going to see silence on Tom Brady until after his movie comes out so he doesn't uh, upset? <laughs> now, in all seriousness... I'm going to a premiere next week of the Brady movie. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping Brady shows up. I, I don't think he will. I don't oh, think he will. Is it the premiere? Like, I mean, you're flying to Miami? Where? where? Well, it's, it's, it's in Tampa somewhere. Uh, you know, I got an invite. And, and so we're going. I'm sitting in the front row. I'm getting my popcorn, extra butter. Hopefully they got big storm beer in the lobby. Uh, and I can uh, get a get a Kolsch. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to the Brady premiere. Who knows who's going to show up, gentlemen? Who knows? Uh, you can pay me to see that trash. <laughs> Isn't Lily Tomlin your favorite, Lee? You love Lily Tomlin. Well, these, I can't even tell you what the hell she ever played. <laughs> Didn't she do a, some comedy stick where she was an operator? Yes, she did. I, I, I love you with, I love you with pop cultures, Lee. I, I, I love you. Here's some great pop culture for you. How cool would it be to have a, a guy by the name of Jim Bob Cooter? I'd have so many references to the General Lee and the Duke boys and Daisy Duke. Oh, I mean, you don't have a pop culture. That would be awesome. And Jim Boy, Jim Bob, that's like Walton references. You have the sound effect of that dumb screen door. He sounds like a guy who should be sitting in the south end zone with, with a couple of beers in his hand. Please. Jim Bob Cooter, that's an awesome name. <laughs> I, I, what you call on third and one, Jim Bob? What do you got? <laughs> I got to talk to John Boy first. 
<laughs> Ira, are you sure that uh, this uh, premiere isn't at the Cinema 6 in Port Ritchie? I, I am. <laughs> uh, and if Brady shows up, I, I will. Uh, we will do an immediate podcast. Uh, an I was going to say, does Tom Brady even know Port Ritchie exists? <laughs> Port Ritchie, Lou, I'm not being... That's don't right. take that the wrong way, please, guys. Steve, I don't want to prejudge this movie, but uh, judging by the previews, uh, it's got a chance to be a stinker. It's got a chance. Yeah. Chance. <laughs> All right, Ira. Uh, you enjoy your 80 for Brady. I'm sure I'll go see it. I wouldn't go to a premiere and wear a fancy shirt like you will and all that stuff. But yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, speaking of Keenan McCardell, Keyshawn Johnson was on NFL Live. And as fans know, he's the big morning voice of ESPN Radio. But he was on NFL Live talking about the Byron Leftwich firing, and he thinks it was a Glazer ultimatum. Uh, they give coaches ultimatums, and he thinks it's a Glazer hit job, and that's just the way it is, and he thinks that Todd Bowles didn't have the spine to stand on the table and say, uh, Byron's not the problem, you know, take the bullet for the uh, offensive coordinator and, and fix it as it was. So what do you think of that? Is that nonsense? I think that's totally unfair by Keyshawn Johnson. To- totally unfair. Um uh, Todd Bowles was a first-year coach in Tampa. First-year coach in Tampa. I don't think he himself was happy with, with Leftwich. How could he be, Lee? How exactly. could he be? So yeah. he's going he's gonna to stand on a table and face down the, the, the Glazer clan, including Ed. Maybe Darcy was in there with, with uh, pitchforks. I don't think Light was going to speak up for, for uh, Leftwich. And he's going to be the lone voice. I, I think that was uh, totally out of line for Keyshawn to say, uh, this is what I would have done if I was Todd Bowles, and I'm going to stick up for my offensive coordinator. Lee, if there was an ultimatum, and I don't question that there was from uh, ownership. I, I don't even think they waited till the end of the season. I think they told him about, about a month left. He's got to go, no matter what. Even if they did a playoff run, he had, he's got to go. These guys are not dummies, Lee. I mean, you average 18 points. Those are the facts. That's not our opinion. With the players he has to, to work with, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, average 30 points, average 30 points, average 18 points. So with Arians out of the picture, you're running the show with, with a head coach that basically is going to let you do your thing and you work it out with Brady and, and you come up with an 18-point average and, uh, you know, suck-ups kicking three field goals a week. Those, those are not opinions, Lee. <laughs> Uh, that's what we saw. He had to go. It, it, it's absolutely crazy to think that uh, Bowles was going to uh, be a, a, a one-man gang of defense for uh, Brian Lutwich. That, that's crazy. But I forgot all about Keyshawn saying that. I know Steve wrote it up. It was a great story. I forgot all about that. The reason why I bring this up is, didn't Arians recently suggest to someone that he was kind of, uh, uh, he took it as a personal affront that Bowles got rid of a bunch of his guys, including Lutwich? And allegedly, Bowles had told them, you're going to be sticking around. If that is true, this sort of has the scent of, of Mike Chula. Mike Chula was in Hawaii at the Pro Bowl, and the Glazers told Father Dungy, you're firing him, or we will fire him. Take your pick. Yeah. And, and what did Dungy do? He can't. Fired him. Can't. This should surprise nobody, this notion that uh, Bruce Arians is upset with uh, Bowles' decision to replace a bunch of uh, assistant coaches. That's a non-story, Steve. Of course he's upset. These are his guys. These are his guys. He doesn't even think Lex Leftwood should have taken the fall. 
Never mind some of these other guys. You talk about somebody that's going to defend Leftwich, it's, it's Bruce Arians. It's Bruce Arians. It's not Todd Bowles. Yeah, Arians is upset. Uh, but I don't think, he, I don't think he can blame Bowles. Somebody had to take the fall. And it wasn't going to be Todd Bowles, and it shouldn't have been. You don't fire a guy after one year. I know, you know, the record wasn't good, especially given the expectations. But it's one year. If he has another bad year, all bets are off. We know that. But, uh, yeah, Bruce Arians is pissed off. That Leftwich and a bunch of his guys, Lori Locust. I mean, these are people that Arians hired, that Arians had a lot of confidence in. But Bowles, Lee, to be fair, Bowles has the right to surround himself with the people he wants. This is Todd Bowles' team, Lee. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it doesn't work out, it'll be on Bowles. And if it yeah, does, he'll get the credit. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, when, when Arians gave the job to Bowles, he didn't give it to him with uh, strings attached, did he? He gave it to Bowles. I mean, you're the head coach. It's your, it's your ball. Take it. Troy Aikman, after the Bucks lost to Dallas a few days later on the Rich Eisen Show, he called the Bucks, and he was talking in a, in a film situation. He's not a hot take guy or anything like that. He called the Bucks the most underachieving team in the National Football League this season. And I think that speaks to why the fan outrage is there, because I don't know who could, who who would argue with Aikman on that point. And that's what puts uh, Bulls on the hot seat. But do you agree with that, Ira? Do you say they are the most underachieving team in the NFL this year? Some people might say Green Bay. And of course, Lee, you got to look at the Rams, defending Super Bowl champ. And look, I know Cooper Cup got hurt. Uh, I know Stafford, I know Stafford got hurt, but they fell apart, Lee. I mean, they fell apart. Uh, the second half of the season, they were barely competitive. Uh, they were terrible. Uh, to the point where Sean McVay was thinking about walking away. I guess he's not going to walk away, but he was seriously thinking about it. I mean, who does that at uh, 38 years old, Lee? Uh, one year removed from a Super Bowl. Uh, they're in salary cap hell. They're in trouble. But, Steve, if the Bucks aren't the most disappointing team, they're in the conversation. Mostly because, Lee, they were 29 and 10. I mean, those are the facts. They're 29 and 10 under Arians. Those last two years under Arians. With the Super Bowl. And they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champs. In a close game, I don't think the Bucks played well against the Rams that day. But it was close. They didn't quit. And so you're coming off that. You got Brady. And he's healthy. That's the key. I think that's why Aikman said it. Brady took all the snaps. And if you're going to say, oh, the Bucks finished 8-9 before the season, you'd say... Oh, Brady missed six games. You know, they had to use Blaine Gabbert. And that's why they were 8-9. Well, we can't say that, Lee. We can't say it. The most important guy was healthy. Yeah. Bitter disappointment. Ira, 0% financing. New 2022 and 2023 F-150s, Ford Escapes, Ford Edge, Explorer. It's all at BillCurryFord.com. Hit up our guy, the GM of GMs, uh, Sean Sullivan, the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru. He's going to give you the Ira Kaufman discount on top of $500 in a gift card that you'll get just for ordering with no deposit, BillCurryFord.com. And uh, Seja, we heard from our uh, other friends uh, earlier in the podcast, Big Storm Brewery, BigStormBrewery.com. Follow them on all your social media at your Big Storm location, Big Storm Clearwater, Odessa, all the spots, BigStormBrewery.com and Florida's Elite Restoration. Be prepared. Uh, before you know it, it'll be summer and uh, storm season. You need to know who to call when you have that kind of disaster. But disasters happen year-round, and that's why you need Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Sage, I have an important question for you. 
because no matter what happens, right? We've got all kinds of speculation, but no matter what happens, the Bucks do have some salary cap issues. They are going to have to make a couple of, at least a couple of serious choices here. And I'm not talking about the free agents that they won't be able to resign or won't want to resign, whatever that looks like. Levani David, Jamel Dean, whoever that is. I'm talking about contracts on the books. That's why they're over the salary cap. Somebody's going to have to going to have to go, uh, most likely, uh, just to make it work. And that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, especially with all these changes that are coming. You know, maybe they do want to make a bold move or two, get a little faster, get a little younger. Who knows what? Have some more flexibility in the draft going forward. Whatever it is, something's going to happen that's big. I think we can all agree to that. I'll throw a couple names at you, Ira. Devin White, one year left, uh, his fifth year option deal. He's a guy who's going to want twenty million a year because that's what linebackers on his level get paid. Do you think that the Bucks would consider trading him, getting rid of him? You know, maybe they can get a first round pick back, a late first round pick or a second and a third, and just move on. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I hate to say it, but I'm going to throw Mike Evans at you. They're paying Chris Godwin a lot of money. Mike Evans. Uh, he's due, uh, uh, he's like 23 million against the cap next year or so. And, uh, he doesn't have a huge salary, but next year is his last year before free agency. You know, he's going to want a big deal and deservedly. So maybe they view him as, Hey, you're turning 30. We're going to stick with Godwin and, uh, and move on early and see if we can get back a first round pick for Mike Evans. And maybe we use that, you know, to get a quarterback if we need one after this year, what's your take on, on either guy there? Two interesting cases, Steve. Maybe I'm crazy here, but I'm not sure, depending on whether Brady comes back. I'm not sure Mike Evans wouldn't, would be unhappy with, with a move to another team. I'm not sure about that. Lee, I thought by the end of the year, even Mike Evans, who to me is one of these quintessential Buccaneers in terms of attitude, tremendous in the community, a real team guy, not a mean, uh, not a me guy. I thought even by the end of the year, I thought it got to Evans a little bit. You know, I know he, had, uh, he had the losing. Uh, he wasn't getting the ball. I, I didn't notice him much in, in the Dallas game. I'm certainly not pinning the loss on, on Mike Evans. But Lee, at some point, you know, guys are 30. And, and in some cases, Levani David, 33. You, you, you got to make hard decisions. Hard. I wouldn't be shocked to them at least have a discussion. Now, the other side of that is... Godwin's never been a number one, and there is a difference. There is a difference. Godwin's mm-hmm. always, oh, you know, Evans draws the attention, and Godwin does his uh, dirty work very well inside. We don't know what the impact of uh, not having Evans on the field. Uh, they might be able to replace him a little bit with a younger guy, but he's not going to be Mike Evans. As far as uh, Devin White, to me, that's totally on Bowles. Bowles has to weigh in on White. What's going on with White? Can we trust him? Uh, is he going to be great? Is he going to be a perennial pro bowler starting next year? Is he? Or is he not that serious about being a great player? Uh, I thought a couple of years ago, Lee, he he, he, he did think um, and obsess about being a great player. I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. Very interesting you say that. Because remember uh, in 2020, he apparently was all bent out of shape because he didn't go to the pro bowl and Tom Brady told me, hey, pal, Pro Bowl doesn't mean crap. Knock it off. We're worried about Super Bowls. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, this this one is totally a Bowles decision. Who knows Devin White better than Todd Bowles? Been around yeah. him since, since he was drafted. 
I don't like the way the arrow's going for Devin White. Now, maybe it's the way Bowles is using him or not using him. Uh, and I'm not asking him to have nine sacks, Lee. That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable for an inside linebacker. But, Lee, if, if you uh, if you make a deal for Devin White and Levante doesn't have much time left, you, you're going to be needing two inside linebackers pretty soon. Right away, actually. Yeah. There's a certain hitting on the draft. You're looking to replace Mike Evans and uh, Devin White. Evans, I'd be hard-pressed to move only because you know, you just know the guy's going to produce. Yeah. In a couple of years, who knows when he gets to be 33 or so. But, uh, you know, yeah, you have to enter. If somebody, someone hits you with an offer for a, for a first-round pick, you have to think about that. But you yeah. know what? If you're going to invest in a young quarterback, what better way to help develop them than to have reliable targets like Godwin and Evans? Steve, you got to be careful. Um, look what Dallas did. Um they, they let Amari Cooper go, who's not as good as Mike Evans, and but he was effective. And there's C.D. Lamb out there all by his lonesomely against a, an excellent 49er defense. And, you know, it looked like Dallas, you know, the tight end's pretty good, but they, they desperately need a second receiver since they let Cooper go and they didn't replace him. Michael Gallup uh, is just a guy, Lee. He's just a guy. <laughs> you know, Cooper, Cooper's a darn good player. So there's a price to pay. Did you hear Brad Sham's call of CeeDee Lamb's touchdown against the Bucks? No. And for those who don't know, Brad Sham is a longtime Cowboys play-by-play announcer. I talked to him in the Cowboys locker room after the game, and you know, I was expecting him to be kind of arrogant. He was He was actually a really good guy. Hey, how you doing? You know, act like I'm a lost brother or something. It's the first time I ever met the guy. He was sort of like Deckeroff. He was sort of like Deckeroff. You know, Joe Field and everything. Well, anyway, the call of CeeDee Lamb's touchdown summed up the Bucks' defense perfectly. You know, he calls it, he goes, CeeDee Lamb touchdown, and he says, how do you let the best receiver in the NFC that wide open? Wow. Wow. There were so many busted coverages in that game. Steve, I don't think both slept for the next week. <laughs> All right, Ira. Well, we will be back uh, later this week with another podcast from The Sage presented by Bill Curry Ford. Uh, Ira, you have been uh, fantastic. You've been busy. I'll, I'll let you go. I know you have to get a new sweater for the premiere. And uh, uh, now, Hold on, Steve. I'm one, week o- I'm one week away now. I can just see Lee dropping the phone here, but I'm one week away from uh, Mr. Springsteen. I'm in Amelie Arena. We're excited. They haven't toured in five or six years. And Steve, I'll tell you right now, if Big Storm was in Ebor City, and you better tell me the day that they open, but if they're there, uh, I'm hitting Big Storm up at Ebor City before I go to the Bruce Show. So let me know when they uh, when they open that uh, that that store. You'll be the first to know, Ira.